Well, hello everyone out there in video land. This is your good old friend, Mike Montgomery. Hi, Mike. Here with the uh, inestimable, uh, or maybe estimable, Mark Rao, Jerry Anstey, and that pretty face there, Tim Montgomery. <clears throat> so, brother Tim is here. And you'll see when he talks, his little thing will vibrate. You'll see these vibrating things coming from it. So you know he's, it's him. It's not pre-recorded. This is a live broadcast. So how can we do Tim pre-recorded if we're doing a live broadcast? Just think about it. Tonight, <laughs> we're going to continue our study on Ruth. And as you undoubtedly remember, we did Ruth chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, right? And it was a wonderful discussion. I hope everybody's had a chance to listen to it at least once. I've listened to it a couple of times just because I sure enjoyed what the brethren were saying. Tonight, we have a rather ambitious schedule. We're going to try to cover Ruth chapter 2, verses 8 through 17. Now, that, that's either 9 or 10 verses, depending on how you count the verses. <clears throat> it's a lot of verses. <clears throat> and there's... We did that once before with our second session on Ruth when we were in the first chapter, and it seemed like we got through it okay. Right, Brother Jerry? We got through it okay. This has got some more depth. These verses, I think, have a little bit of depth to them. Not to say that those didn't, but these do, for sure. And Brother Mark, when he gets to verse 12, is it? He's going to go... He's going to go ballistic. You're, just wait. Just wait. Mark Rao will go off the charts. When we get to verse 12, I can't wait, <clears throat> but I, I hope he goes off the chart starting with verse eight because he's going to do our level set tonight. He's going to do our level set. And <clears throat> uh, let's we're praying for you, Brother Mark, and we uh, are looking forward to hearing that. And then uh, before we do that, of course, we're going to have a prayer. And I'm going to ask the uh, wonderful Brother Tim Montgomery. I don't care if I asked you last week, Tim. I'm the one calling the shots right now. I want to have you lead us in a word of prayer. And then uh, I will read the verses under consideration. And then Brother Mark will give us a level set. And what do we say? All mayhem will ensue. <laughs> but on a bit more serious note, please remember, we are hoping that you just use this to help you in your studies of Ruth. We're not here to do studying for people. We're here to just talk about the scriptures, hard shell among some old Baptists. And if these, what we say, helps you in your study of Ruth, God be praised. If you get anything good out of it, God be praised. If anything we say uh, falls short, misses the mark, or God forbid, offends anybody, please just cast a mantle of charity over us. Please, we're doing the best we can. We're trying really hard. We're looking to the Lord. <clears throat> we know we're human and we're prone to making mistakes. Nevertheless, this is a sweet and wonderful story, the story of Ruth. And now we're going to get into even more of the sweet parts of it. So without further ado, Brother Tim, would you lead us in a word of opening prayer? Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to thee tonight humbly requesting your presence in our conversations and our studies uh, in our comments about this wonderful story that we have been looking at and studying the past couple of weeks. Father, we just thank you so much for uh, thy word and for what it is that it means to us in our life. 
And Father, as we discuss these scriptures here in the second chapter of Ruth, we just pray you would indeed bless our thoughts, bless our speech, bless uh, the, the points that we make. May it all redound to thy glory, honor, and praise. And Father, if it might be possible, would it, might it uh, be a blessing to those that are listening. And Father, we just thank you so much for all the blessings that are so good to us. And we realize that even as we're studying Ruth and, and the interact, interaction between Ruth and Boaz, it reminds us of how great thou art to mm -hmm. us in our lives. And we thank you for that. Again, bless us tonight. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Tim. So allow me now to read Ruth chapter 2, verses 8 through 17, and then Brother Mark, level set, and then Mayhem. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, Go unto the vessels, and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, and bowed herself to the ground, and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes, that thou shouldst take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law, since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, unto whose, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for that thou hast comforted me, and for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thy handmaidens. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn, and she did eat, and was sufficed, and left. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them, that she may glean them, and rebuke her not. So she gleaned in the field until even, and beat out that she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. Take it away, Brother Mark. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Mike. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the uh, the volume of verses that uh, we were looking to take take on tonight is uh, is pretty big. Um, I've, I've found 13 points, um, that are dealt with in these verses. And I think what I'd like to do is put, uh, all 13 points out there, uh, touch on just a couple of them. And then, um, I'm really anxious to hear what, uh, you all have to say about, um, about this. So beginning with verse eight, <clears throat> Um, so there's things that Boaz tells Ruth. Uh, there's things that, uh, Boaz tells, uh, his employees. Um, and there's obviously things that Ruth, 
uh, says to Boaz. So, number one, uh, beginning in verse eight, Boaz says, um, go not to glean another field. So don't go to another field. Number two, abide here fast by my maidens. Number three, let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap. Um, number four, he charges the young, or he says, I've charged the young men, they'll leave you alone. Number five, when thou art a thirst, go and drink of the water that's already been drawn. Number six, so this is number six is in response to what Ruth says in verse 10. So verse 10, it says, after these first five things, she said, it says, then she fell on her face, bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? Uh, Ruth's humility, uh, her attitude, her uh, being overwhelmed at the kindness of Boaz up to this point is, is brought out so beautifully in her statement. Verse 11, or number six of the points, Boaz says, I know what you've done. So Boaz says it had been fully, uh, it had fully been showed me. Uh, I believe Obviously, he heard the the as as we say the word on the street, right? The uh, the uh, the grapevine, the the gossip tree, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, when uh, Ruth and Naomi came back, they said, "Is this not Naomi? The 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 women that were around? Uh, is this not Naomi?" I mean, there had to have been word of mouth, right? Naomi's back. Elimelech died. Uh, her sons died, and and by the way, she brought this young woman with her that is a widow of one of her sons, she's a Moabite. I mean, you can just imagine just, you know, whisper, whisper, whisper. But Boaz says, it hath fully been showed me. So I think he heard the word on the street. But I believe there was a, um, there was a welling up of faith uh, in Boaz that drove his compassion toward this young Moabite woman. And I think when he says it's fully been showed me that it really was fully showed him that he was blessed by God to understand and know just at what all had happened, where they came from, where they are now. But I believe he sees in the heart of Ruth, um, something very special. I think brother Tim last week said, um, you know, Ruth is, was more than likely beautiful, you know, on the outside, but I think the connection came on that, which was, uh, on the inside. Then in verse 12, number seven, number eight, and number nine, number seven, the Lord knows what you've done. Number eight, the Lord recompense thy work. And number nine, he says, under whose wings thou art come to trust. So the verse says, the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel. It's interesting how he refers Lord God of Israel. Remember, remember what Ruth said? Thy people, my people, thy God, my God. Um, he says, the Lord knows what you've done. Psalms 139 and 1, right? 
Brother Jerry, one of one of our favorites, our collective favorites. Oh Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. The Lord recompense thy work. Uh, it brings a sense of completeness or fulfillment in to 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 find peace. And I did a little reword here, uh, if y'all allow me. The Lord bless you with contentment with all that you have done in your faithful walk, and may you continue to find contentment in him. That's that's a reword uh, of what, what Boaz says that may you continue to be content. I think Ruth was content. I know times were bad. I know times were tough, but she was just content to do what sh she felt compelled to do and that she felt was justified under the law, which it was. Under whose wings the God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Oh, my goodness. That is probably one of my all-time favorite verses. Uh, the realization that Boaz knew, that Ruth knew, where her trust lied. It lied under the wings of the God of Israel. Um the Lord knew what was said by Ruth in, in chapter one, verse 16 and 17, but Boaz didn't know he, he was, he wasn't there, but I believe again, the Lord showed Boaz Ruth's faithfulness by giving him an understanding of her heart. You know, there's a couple of verses, Psalms 36 and seven, how excellent is thy loving kindness. O God, therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. Psalm 61 and four, I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. The sense of a hiding place that we have under the wings of the almighty, under the, the shadow of a great rock in a weary land as Isaiah speaks, that place that we have to go and to hide and to rest and to eat and to, to even labor in the fields that the Lord uh, has given. It's, it's just, it's amazing to me um, how all of this came together. So that was seven, eight, nine. Number 10, come thou hither at mealtime. Go sit down, go rest, go eat. And then he reached her part, parched corn. He, Boaz handed her what, he handed her something to eat. That's what that means while she sat at his table. Number 12, let her glean among the sheaves. This goes all the way back to her request at the beginning of this chapter. You know, let me glean among the sheaves. And I say she asked for it and Boaz gave it to her and it was a good thing. He said, he's, he tells his servants, you let her come in among the sheaves and don't reproach her. Leave her alone. Verse And then finally, number 13, it says, he says, let fall some handfuls of purpose. You know, the Lord feeds his people specifically with what we stand in need of. The preacher may preach, but the spirit is what takes that and anoints it to each and every one of us and gives us what we stand in need of. Verse 17, so she gleaned in the field until even and beat out what she had gleaned. And it was about an ephah of barley. She asked to glean. She was allowed to glean. And brother Mike, I think you said what Efa is what five five dry gallon five dry U.S. gallons. 
this goes above and beyond the dictates of the law with regard to the poor uh, gleaning in the field. So 13 things that get brought out in this. And I pray that the Lord bless these three wonderful brethren to be able to bring out more um, than maybe that I could even see or begin to see what's in contained in those verses. Go ahead, Brother Mike. I don't think we can bring out more than what you were blessed to bring out, Brother Mark. That was mighty. That was precious. That was rich. And Brother Jerry, I saw you, you were scribbling note after note after note after note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish I was a better note taker than I, than I am. But well, I'll, I'll what do you think? You. What's, what's your gleanings from this? <clears throat> You know, the first the first thought that I have is Boaz speaks to Ruth finally. finally. <laughs> <laughs> we we approach this study knowing what lies ahead to one degree or another. I got to tell you, after Brother Mark's uh, wonderful level set, he 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 tossed more out there than um, uh, than I anticipated before we started studying this, I promise you. <laughs> but Boaz finally speaks to Ruth. Is there anything more precious than when love speaks, true love speaks? <laughs> I, I mean, you, <laughs> it's it's hard to quantify. It, it, it really is hard to quantify. And what we're seeing here through the the flow of, of the dialogue and the things that happen in the response of Ruth and uh, I'll tell you, uh, love r- rules the day and it brings about a, a response, a godly response. We know where love comes from. And, and when it is manifested like it is here in this setting, you just get caught up in, um, in the beauty of it and the provision of it and the glory of it. You can't help but see God in the entirety. Um, I, I, it's just it's overwhelming in in many respects. Um, you know, it there <laughs> it's hard not to just like okay, let's start at verse eight and I'll run and then hand off to somebody else. It, you can't we can't do that? But there's a couple of things that I that I've I've gleaned through this, and I um, I've made a purpose last week to start using the word glean more and more and more, uh, and from a biblical perspective, and I hope that that's what we're doing tonight. Um, I love the fact that Boaz just, I mean, he's swift, right? He comes and he's, uh, he's in full gear. He says, listen, you're here. Don't go anywhere else. Don't go anywhere else. And I would venture to say that Boaz certainly had great purpose in his heart and in his mind. Um, the Lord had, as you said, Brother Mark, um, showed him some things about this wonderful uh, person, Ruth, and her heart and her faithfulness. And I think Boaz, as he begins going through this, he is speaking with much intention, much intention. Um, love will bless you to do that as well, right? It, it brings a boldness to you uh, that otherwise I think we're lacking. Um, I was scared to death when I approached my my now wife. I was scared to death. But love makes you do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I looked up um, go not from from hence 
in this eight verse. Uh, and I've mentioned before the ancient Hebrew. I love it. it. There's so many times it just brings some wonderful insight to it. The pictograph of this is a picture of water or blood and a picture of a seed. And the narrative is blood continues. <laughs> blood continues. What we're talking about tonight, you guys, and I believe when the Lord blesses us to preach the unsearchable riches of his grace, we're talking about family business. Mm. This is family business. Mm. And I believe Boaz, as he approaches Ruth and says, don't you look at another, another field. <laughs> you have, you are right exactly where you need to be. Yeah. Yeah. And he knew full well that he was a near kinsman. He knew full well. He, he may have been the only one that knew. Well, I, we talked about it last, last week. Naomi knew whether she had approached it in that way or not, we don't know. We don't know. Scripture doesn't say Boaz knew. He also knew there was a nearer kinsman, mm -hmm. right? And we'll get to that later. But he knew he was a near kinsman. And with much purpose, he engaged the execution <laughs> of fulfilling that which his heart drove him toward. And we need to remember what we are entrusted with, and that this is truly family business. And I mean that in the highest sense of the word. Uh, we see mercy and charity and compassion, uh, the entire posture um, and, and actions of Boaz toward Ruth were, was for her, her protection uh, and her comfort. And her comfort. I think it's important that we, we recognize it. And I don't remember exactly where it is. I think it's maybe down all the way down in verse 13. So I'm not going to jump all the way there. But I will say this in anticipation of getting there. I think in verse 13, for the first time, we see Ruth feeling the need to be comforted in her sorrow. Hmm. Up to this point, she has been nothing but faithful unto Naomi. Up to this point, she has been driven uh, by her industry, and she's going to do that, which her heart is telling her to do. But what Boaz, the exchange between Boaz and Ruth leading up to verse 13, uh, it wasn't that Ruth just, you know, was, wow, this, and I agree with you, Brother Mark, contentment, I think, absolutely, uh, you know, being content with the circumstance that you're faced with is highly comforting, especially when you suffered much loss. And we forget sometimes that Ruth lost her husband way back in chapter one. And we don't really see her seeking comfort for that or, or what have you. But I think, at least this is my take, in, in verse 13, I think we, we find for the first time that she's touched in a very profound and deep way. Uh, I'm going to stop there because if I don't, I won't. And um, let, let y'all tag on to whatever Mark said or anything else that, that, that I might've said. Good stuff. Good gleanings. <laughs> oh my goodness. Amazing. So can I, I want to interject. Can I interject? Yeah, certainly. <laughs> so what a great, and you're right. It's, it's verse 13 that she re refers to that being comforted. Um, and then, 
Boaz tells her in verse uh, a little bit further down, not only don't be, don't just be comforted and comforted is, is, is a need, but be content yeah. with what the Lord has blessed you with. And secondly, I don't want this point that you made to, to get lost. Boaz was very precise in what he said to Ruth. Yeah. He didn't say this to everybody. No, I would, I would, I would say he'd never said it to anybody before. Yeah, and I don't believe he said it to anybody after. He was very right. precise in his language to Ruth, which is, oh my goodness, family business, brother Jerry. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's good. Okay, okay, I'm gonna go back on mute. <laughs> Tim, what have you been gleaning? Tim. Tim's on You're mute. You're on mute. All right, so I had to turn so hopefully that noise in the background will go off. And I apologize for uh, my lack of uh, service, but hopefully y'all can hear me okay. Mark, that was outstanding. I, you know, I, I was thinking, okay, it's 10 verses, and you made 13 points. So just like any good old Baptist preacher, you bring a lot more out, you know, many po more points out than there are verses. <laughs> so, and, and I kind of took your level set, the, the 13 points that you made and, and put down some of my thoughts. So, um, you know, I don't know if I want to go through all of them right now, but I'll, I'll go until y'all tell me to stop. And then, but so, so the first point, don't go to another field. <laughs> Well, first of all, you know, he said last week about come out even more that God had to be in this. I mean, God's providential care, but he, but, but it says, don't go to another field. You know, similar to what we said last week, you could hop to different fields. In fact, you would almost want to go to different fields so you wouldn't become a nuisance to just, you know, one certain uh, landowner. Um, but then Boaz says, Hearest thou not, my daughter, go not to glean in another field. Here is the word hears there means attentively, carefully consider. So not just not just hear what I'm saying is Boaz didn't, isn't just saying hear what I said, but he says almost like the apostle Paul, when he says, you know, hearken and, or, or, or in, in other Bible words, you know, uh, it, it means pay attention, listen um, carefully and attentively and consider what I'm about to tell you. Certainly agree with uh, the, the point you made brother Jerry about, how Boaz is, is being very specific. So your second point, abide here fast by my maidens. As uh, Did you mention this? Uh, you had it in your level set, but I don't know if you mentioned this, but I think you did. Abide is the same word as cleave that we saw in chapter one. It means to cling or to cleave. Um, and and as when Ruth claved to Naomi, that was kind of figurative of, of her of her love and affection 
for Naomi here, it literally means to remain with or stay close to. So when he says, but abide here fast by my maidens, he's saying you remain right here. <laughs> Again, mm -hmm. don't go to another field. You right. stay close. You cling to my maidens and don't go anywhere else. I, I, it just kind of brings that emphasis out. Mm -hmm. The third point you make is uh, let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap. And then verse nine, it says, and go thou after them. The root word of the word after, this is interesting, means the hind part, right? The back part. Mm -hmm. That's kind of strange. But what that tells me, all right, go thou after them. What, what I think Boaz is saying is, all right, you have the, the reapers, the men that would cut it down and everything. Then you have the maidens coming back and they're, this is the way I'm envisioning it. They're bundling it up and creating the sheaves. And then behind the maidens, you have all the gleaners the poor that come and, and take whatever's left. But since he says, go thou after them, I think he's saying you be right with them or right behind them. Mm -hmm. I, to me, it, it's like you're going to be first in line before any other gleaners. Ruth, you're going to be right there with my maidens. You're going to get the best of gleaning, in other words. Um, so that kind of puts her in a... Uh, all right, so number five, when thou art athirst. Um, this is, again, still in verse nine. You know, Boaz has made her job as easy as possible. I mean, here she is first in line. She's getting the best of, of what's left over as far as gleaning. And, and then now... She can drink. I mean, she didn't. Uh, you know, she didn't have to bring her lunch like I do. She doesn't have to. I mean, she can go drink what the main workers are drinking. So, oh, uh, it's just just very specific, uh, as as um. And if hey, and, brother, and all brother Tim, brother yes. Tim, while you're on that point, real quick, uh, because I, I think this is really pertinent. What happens in verses eight and nine moves Ruth to fall on her face in verse 10, right? So I, I right. love how specific you're getting with this. I, I, I looked at the historical uh, application to when thou art athirst uh, in, in verse nine, when thou uh, and go to the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn, it was not right. common practice that one who is gleaning would be able to drink from water that had been drawn from the well and carried to the field. That was not right. common practice, right? So in that, Boaz is elevating Ruth's station Absolutely. right there in the midst of the first dialogue that he has with her. And I think that's a valid point. Um, you, you mentioned it absolutely correctly, the caring and the, you know, the caring for her and making it as easy for her as possible, but it actually had a positional 
application in the eyes of the handmaids, the maids that were there and the other gleaners and all of that, Boaz brought her up to another another station. So sorry to interrupt, but I think it's uh, an important point. No, no. Interrupt away. (laughs) It just, I thought of 1 Peter 1 and 3, because Boaz is setting this up to where he's providing everything for her. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, and I, I thought of first Peter one and three. Um, and, and as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. I think yeah. that's what Boaz is doing to, for Ruth is providing everything she needs to be successful or to to that's not the right word, but to, to prosper. Right. Um, and. Then you, uh, in verse 10, you didn't have a point here, Brother Mark, but you did make some comments about verse 10. I love verse 10. Uh, then uh, Again, because it shows, as, as you said, her humility. She fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes? that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger. That is so beautiful and makes me think of uh, some of the scriptures. You know, who who are we that God would take notice of us, that God would be so merciful and gracious to us as Boaz is being to Ruth? It just reminds me of how great and wonderful God is to me. I'm just a stranger. And in, in fact, I'm nothing <laughs> worse than a stranger. Um, Psalm 115, verse 12. The Lord mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. And even more than that, 2 Samuel verse 8, when talking about Mephibosheth, when... Uh, when he's brought to the king's table, and it says verse 8, and he, that's Mephibosheth, bowed himself and said, What is thy servant thou shouldest upon such a We're definitely. Yeah, we're so like I'm so sorry. sorry. So sorry. Yeah. And so beautiful. I'm sorry too. Is it any? Because <laughs> you were uh, you were making a wonderful point, uh, and uh, you were talking about Mephibosheth, and I thought, wow, that really yeah. fits. That, yeah, that really it sure does. does. That really fits. Uh, keep on, you're not through. Huh? Did you hear what I said or not on Second Samuel verse nine eight? No. Yeah, you're you're breaking up pretty bad, Tim. Pretty bad, Tim. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> All right, y'all go ahead. All right. Talk to us. Talk to us, brother Mike. Well, man, I hate. I was really getting a lot out of it too, Tim. Really, seriously, seriously. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> well, just to tie on to some of the good things Tim was saying, uh, going back to Boaz's. Uh, injunction upon Ruth to uh, go not uh, go go neither go from hence but abide here fast by my maidens 
I, th- I think I see in that first one where he says, go not to glean in another field. I think what he's telling her is, don't glean in another field. Don't pick up grain from anywhere else but here, even by accident. Mm-hmm. You know, because there weren't b- markers like we're used to seeing with with plots of land. Mm-hmm. So here, I think what she, what Boaz was saying you need to to stay right here on this field, the field that I own, and glean only from here. Don't go anywhere else. And the question is, well, how is Ruth going to know that? By abiding fast with right. his maidens. Yeah. She, they knew the borders. They knew everything about where to pick up the grain, where to glean. And not trying to think too much out of the box here, but I sure see an application for us in the church today. Amen. Uh, especially for uh, yeah. those who are new to the church, but even those of us who have been in the church for a while, we need to follow after those who show soundness. Uh, you know, mothers of in Israel, fathers of Israel, those who we see proving that they are faithful and knowledgeable and wise. Amen. I think that's really, think that's really important. Yes, I get that out of that. <clears throat> Uh, you know, when, when he tells her to let thine eyes be put on the field, uh, he says, when you are a thirst, uh, go to the vessels and drink of that, which the young men have drawn. I think it's really important to know where your water is coming from. <laughs> you know, I've, I've had the misfortune of working out in the fields when I was going to college and I, <laughs> I didn't know whose water I was getting from. It wasn't really good. It was it was tepid and it was dirty. <laughs> but if I knew certain uh, other guy had brought his water, uh, his, his the big old cooler, I knew that's gonna be cold and clean. That's the what. And you know what? The gospel's like water, and we need to know where that gospel's coming from. Is it coming from the Bible or is it coming out of the Bible and not in a good way? Yeah, that's good. Be clean, and we need to know who who it's coming from. Right? Uh, do we have confidence in the one that goes to draw the water from the from the right well? The right water from the right well. Getting back mm. to that right th- place at the right time, brother Jerry. That's mm. right. Mm. <clears throat> um, and when she she fell on her face, I, I think she, as you guys have said, she was just overwhelmed by the benevolence yep. of Boaz, and. <clears throat> It just seems to me, you know, Ruth had a hard task. It was a life or death kind of a task. She needed to go find food for for Naomi and for her. I don't know if she had breakfast that morning or what. She's out there working hard. She doesn't know where to go. She just and she goes just happens to go to the right place, the right time to the right person. We know that's the providence of God behind that. But here's what happens when. We've had experiences when it was undeniable God was behind that, yeah. right? I mean, things that we were desperate for something, and and uh, God saw a way for us to, to get just what we needed, just when we needed it. Yeah. And what that does for me is uh, it's overwhelming. It's awe-inspiring. Mm-hmm. It, it strengthens my faith. And it also kind of uh, shames me for the my unbelief yeah. to realize that God, God has never— He's never uh, the wrong time in the wrong place. <laughs> he's always right on time. Hey, right on. We, yeah, he's always right on time. Uh, you know, Boaz, 
he was a good man. I think we we've all said that. And he wanted to do good to the less fortunate. But I think we we all see this. His his behavior towards Ruth was more than just I want to do good. Oh, right. There was something deep within him. And I, I go back to Galatians uh, five faith, which worketh by love. Yeah, you know, I see yes. that with Boaz. I see that with Ruth. Right. I see people stepping out on faith and they're doing so motivated from love. I see first Corinthians chapter 13 charity. I see those things uh, exemplified in both people's behavior. Absolutely. Uh, when, when Boaz in that Mark Rowe 12th verse, <clears throat> I can just hear him <laughs> preaching it and people shouting for glory as the Lord blessed him. I thought about Abraham, especially about the, the, uh, when 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 Boaz says the Lord recompense thy work mm-hmm. and a full reward, I thought about what the Lord said to Abraham in uh, mm-hmm. Genesis twelve one, I'm um, fifteen mm-hmm. one, fifteen, and he said, "I am thy shield, yeah. and thy exceeding yeah. great yes. reward." Right. Well, the question is, why was God his shield? Why 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 did he say mm-hmm. that? Why does, and he meant it. I am thy exceeding great reward. You can't have a better reward than the Lord saying, I'm your reward. <laughs> well, I think it we're not talking about eternal salvation, right? We're talking right. about in this time. Right. right. And Abraham was a faithful man. Now he didn't, he wasn't perfect. He made mistakes. He went down to Egypt when he shouldn't have, but he did his best. And he stepped out on faith, especially when he left Ur of the Chaldees. And he went not knowing where he went. He had just come back from the slaughter of the kings and he paid tithes to Melchizedek. And then he resisted the temptation of the king of Sodom not to take all of the spoils. And all he wants is that that delivery of his son. Yeah. God says, I'm thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. reward. You know, and Ruth is not, what is she looking for? She's just looking to live. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. She's just looking to live. But in her circumstance, Getting something to eat was a great reward. Mm, it no, sure was. Isn't that it's it's uh, relative, isn't it? Yeah. What we think is great reward. That's right. I suppose what is really great, yep. <laughs> what is actually great, just to have the truth preached to us. What a mm, great well, reward that is. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's a reward, not reckon of debt, but of grace. Right. Hey, All brother right. Mike. Brother, yeah. Brother Mike, before you go on. And I know I know Mark wants to be in verse 12, but what you're talking about right now, look at what Ruth said in verse 10. I think this is really important. She fell on her face. She bowed herself to the ground, total posture of humility. And she said unto Boaz, why? Yeah. yeah. Why have I found grace in thine eyes? Uh, I read a book when I was working way back when called start with why Hmm. we tend to jump right into, you know, who, what, when, where, right. How, what is going on? How is it benefiting me? Yeah. But if you start with why you understand why somebody's doing what they're doing, the, what changes. Oh, that's great. Mm. And that's what you just said. It's relative, Right. So when we're looking at our circumstance, I can't, I've, it's got to be thousands of times. I've asked myself, I asked the Lord, why? Yeah. <laughs> why, why me? Why yeah. me? You see, that's got to be more of an inquiry to gain information than, than just a simple statement of wonderment. Right? 
Amen. So if we are asking why, as Ruth asked Boaz, why have I found grace in thy sight? I need you to tell me something about what you've seen and why it worked grace from you to me. Man, that's good. It it changes the what. (laughs) Would you say that the why... The reason why she's asking why she can't envision any reason why Boaz would be so good to her. Yes, she, she right. she's she's a Moabite. Exactly, I mean, she's, she's a stranger. She's a nobody. That's yeah. right. But don't we say that before you can appreciate grace, you yeah. got to appreciate your your depravity. You got to see yourself what you are That's and right. your need for grace. Well, I think Ruth saw her need oh, for grace. She definitely I did. Yes, sir. And yeah. she could have just said, oh, I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth. And he's nice to me. Fine. You know, <laughs> no, ask the question. Right. Yeah. Ask the Lord. Why? Ask the Lord. Why? Do you think he'll give a less impressive answer than Boaz did to Ruth? <laughs> I don't think so. I think he'll give an even better answer. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. Wow. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, I got a few more things. And then Tim, uh, I hope he's got his battery. He's cranking his battery. So his, his, uh, his <laughs> get ready, Tim, get ready. All right. So, well, I think it's going to be y'all are breaking up on me. So, I bet I'm breaking up on you. Well, just is it bad? It's not too bad right now, but it it goes in and out, Tim. I'm so sorry. Okay. So, I got to make points real quick. Mike, your reword on number seven was outstanding. I had things written down and then I scratched them out because you said it so much better. (laughs) Verse 13, where she's comforted, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's 13. Oh, which I haven't gotten to, but go ahead. We, we lost him all together. Oh, oh, no. Oh, he dropped. Well, then let me go to 13. Go to 13. <laughs> when she said, let me find favor, that was a prayer. Yeah. yeah. That was, she was beseeching Boaz in so much like, I pray that your kindness to me continues. I, I pray that. You won't, I pray that I don't give you any reason not to be so kind to me, but I honestly, I don't know why you are so kind to me. Mm. I just pray that you keep on being kind to me because that's, she needed it. She needed relief. Yeah. And she, and so let me say this to him and then you can jump back in. Okay. And then uh, she said, thou has comforted me. And of course that means you have given me comfort, but I think she's implying the idea of safety. You've given me, safety and you've given me a reason to hope in that to me that's what ruth was was she was almost she wasn't out of it she was almost out of it but boaz treatment to ruth gave her hope yeah and grace does that for people and i mean the gospel of grace does that for people Mm. it brightens your hope in a way that nothing else will amen and, and he says, thou has spoken friendly. And I think what that means is he had spoken to her from his heart to her yeah. heart. Yeah. Heart to heart. Nothing beats that kind of honesty. Uh, nothing beats that kind of sincerity. The right. truth, for it to be the truth, I think uh, Joshua said this in all sincerity and truth. Jesus said in spirit and in truth. But for the truth to be, to be the truth. It's got to be true, but it's got to be sincere as well. So, Tim, before you drop, say something. And then, are you okay? I thought you were frozen there for a second. Hello? The word comforted 
is Knockham. Can y'all know? That's ah, darn it. <laughs> y'all can't hear me. It's what? No. I'm so sorry, Tim. Okay. Uh, Mark, I'm, let me, let me, uh, just a couple more I things. I y'all can hear me. Almost, maybe Tim can get back in there. Um, I like the meal that they had. I got thinking about this. I like to eat, as you can tell. I think they brought some food already prepared, that, like pita bread, some flatbread. They had this vinegary sauce. Think about Pace's Picani sauce, something like that, you know. But they also made food there to eat. They took some of the uh, the, the grain that they just uh, gleaned and they parched it. Yep. So I'm thinking there's old, there's, there's the old and the new. And I thought about the parable in the 13th chapter about um, the, the man who brings out of his treasure things both old, old. and new. Mm. And that to me is the beauty of the church and of the gospel. It, the truth may be brand new to you, but it's as old as God is. Yeah. It, it may, it may be startlingly new. It may be like, I've never heard things like this before, but I can tell you, and I think these men will agree with me. Sometimes I've heard a preacher in the spirit preach the truth. I didn't, I hadn't heard it like that before, but I felt like I'd always known it. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. felt like yeah. I'd always known it. And here's that kind of a meal. It was a savory meal and it was a, it was a sufficient meal and there was food left over for her yeah. to take home yes, in was. one of those take home boxes that they made back in those days. <laughs> It's kind of like the Lord's fishes and loaves. There was more left over. Yeah. All right, Tim, are you, uh, do we want to give yeah, Tim another shot? I don't know. I, I'm so sorry, Tim. It's hard. I'm so sorry. <clears throat> but when, but when, uh, I'll say this. I love the thought of Boaz reaching grain to her. I just love that. The owner of the field sat down next to one of the hired hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and instead of being served, he served. Yes. He served. He served. And and he did it gladly and and happily. Yep. Because he was pleased with Ruth. He was more than pleased, but nevertheless, it was a happy moment. It was a it, and then you know what? They when they finished, they got up and went back to work. <clears throat> and when we get to the end of the day, uh, he we he tells his young men uh, what to do. He said, leave some out there, leave some out there, leave some out there. And I got to think about this. <clears throat> some might think it's messy what he did, so, you know, kind of sloppy work. Oh, when you're being gracious, let it overflow. Amen. Yeah. Let it go. Let it flow over the top and over the sides. Uh, it's... It, but I'll tell you, sometimes tidiness can mask stinginess. <laughs> but largesse, benevolence, it needs to overflow. That's right. And when it does, not only is the person blessed who you did it for, but you're blessed in the giving. Right. And his servants were blessed because they learned a lesson. And those maidens were blessed too. All Everybody there was blessed somehow in some measure. By the kindness of Boaz. Yeah. That's just some of the thoughts I've had, brother, and I don't know. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I wish Tim could. I wish Tim could. Man, you need to be on. You need to be talking. But but what what do you guys think? What do you guys think about when... 
He said, at mealtime, come thou hither. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I thought about the water, you know, yep. oh, everyone that thirsteth. Yep. And I thought about Proverbs 25, 25, mm-hmm. as cold waters to a thirsty soul. So is good news yep. in a far country, from a far country. Uh, and even though all this went well, the blessings for that day were for that day. That's right. She had some leftovers. She had that five dry gallons. And can we not say that when we've been to the house of the Lord, I'm not talking about when we had lunch at the house of the Lord. I'm talking about when the spirit blessed us. We had a full heart when we left. Yeah. Last thing I want to throw this out to you. What did Naomi say about herself when she returned to Bethlehem? Yeah. I went out full. Yeah. And I came back. The Lord brought Ruth. The Lord brought She went out empty and came back full. Yeah. That's how it is when we just do a little bit, we're a little bit faithful. How does Ruth know to do these things, Jerry? Mark, how does Ruth know to do these things? She didn't know how to do these things. Not a bit of it. She, she just was, went out on faith. She was a stranger, and yep. Boaz is uh, is. It just so happened Boaz is there. Boaz is elevating her estate. Is what yeah. he's doing. He did. He, <laughs> he did. did. He absolutely did. Uh, there's my goodness. There are so many just precious thoughts through all of this. In verse thirteen, the the word friendly. Thou hast spoken friendly unto mm-hmm. thy handmaid. It's the same Hebrew word as Isaiah 40 and 2. Speak ye comfortably, comfortably. unto Jerusalem. Cry unto her. You made the point, Brother Mike. Uh, there's nothing more pure than speaking from heart to heart. We come into the Lord's house and we often make the statement where the love of God is flowing from heart to heart and breast, breast to breast. breast. Yeah. You know, I love that saying. I love I it because it sounds great. I love it mostly because I've experienced it. And it takes you to a higher place. It, it takes you out of this, this world. And it speaks to you in, in a way where you have assurance. As the words are heard, you have assurance. It's not just an intellectual agreement you have assurance in your very heart and in your very soul. And I think that's the ceiling of the spirit of promise. That's the authenticity as it lands. The I, I love the, the, the picture of Boaz, and you mentioned it, you know, feeding, sharing food specifically. If you look, and I, I love the historical application of parched corn and we don't have to go through all of it but there is a component in that that oftentimes uh the the grain would be hand rubbed out in order that it could be eaten it, it you know it was burnt so that it would burn off some of the chaff right. and it was mm-hmm. specifically right. roasted right. a lot of times it, it, historically it says that it would be it would be hand rubbed this is a very special preparation yeah We're out there in the field is there anything better than picking fruit right off the tree? No, no, no. I mean, that's good stuff. Is that good stuff or what? That is. 
and, and like, yeah, and and that bread, they, the bread was already bread when they brought it. Yeah, that sauce, yeah. it was already sauce. Yeah, we bring something with us to church, but then oh. we take away things that we didn't even bring. Yeah, Amen, oh, what what beautiful imagery, <laughs> Mark. You're not only your knee bouncing, but you're cheating. You're like, I can't sit still, Jerry. What, what, what do you want to say, Mark? What do you want to do? A brother, you, want to say? you got five no, minutes, man. Oh, no, I love. I hate that. I hate brother Tim. Uh, yeah, I do too. Weather there is really not good. Yeah. And, uh, so we hate that he couldn't couldn't stay on. But he did. He was going to Mephibosheth, right? When you talk about, yeah. Come, come. I thought that was excellent. I hadn't even thought I about mean, that. that that needs to be acknowledged uh, that that in the same sense that David brought in Mephibosheth is the same sense that uh, Boaz brought in Ruth. You you come here, you're yeah. you're you're not lesser. Uh, like Brother Jerry, or Brother Mike, when you said he elevated her estate, and is that not the case for us? No, uh, does he not elevate our estate? He well. he he elevates us to a, a place that can only be provided because he is our exceeding great. Amen. Boaz was Ruth's exceeding great reward here. And he did what God did for Abraham. God, it was, it was proof. It was faithful proof to Abraham that God was his exceeding great reward. Mm. What Boaz is doing for Ruth is her, is his faithful proof that he's her exceeding great reward. Even then he points her to where she's already been to the God of Israel, the Lord God of Israel. He, she already was there. He points her there. Um, That's when the realization connects with us. just how of an exceeding great reward. Right. That, uh, that we have in, Mm. That that estate. Wow, wonderful thoughts. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do. Give my closing thought right here, and then uh, and then y'all can take it from there. And I really like to do a comparison with Ruth chapter two verse nine, where he says, "I have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee." Mm. So. You know, there, there. If you you read after scholars, and they'd say, you know, they would the, the young men would play jokes, or they would harass, or they would, you know, do things. And Boaz had already charged them, "You leave her alone." Right. And the 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 thing that comes into my mind is when the woman came into Simon's house with the alabaster box. Yeah. And it caused the in in Mark chapter 14 it says it caused indignation in those yes. around her they were furious yeah that she had in their mind wasted what she did just to anoint the lord and let me read from mark chapter 14 verse 6 through 9 and jesus said let her alone why trouble ye her she has wrought a good work on me is that not Ruth's case? Amen. He says, "Let her alone. Why do you don't don't trouble her? <clears throat> the work that she's doing is a good work." And the Lord says that this woman wrought a good work on him. Yeah. For ye have the poor with you always. <laughs> are we not discussing the poor and their gleaning? 
And then he says, and whensoever ye will, ye may do them good, but ye have me, but me ye have not always. She has done what she could. I'm sure Ruth was saying, I'm just doing what I can. Mm. And in the midst of doing what she can, what happened? She was comforted. Yeah. She has done what she could and has come aforehand to anoint my body to the bearing. Now here, this really gets me. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever the gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. Her memorial of Christ. Right? Let me tell you, Ruth is still being preached. The book of Ruth is still being preached. It's still it sure a memorial is. of the love and the faithfulness of this young woman, Ruth, this young man, Boaz. It's just a testimony. It's, mm-hmm. It is overwhelming to me, not just verse 12. Verse 12 is high, high but all of it is <laughs> so overwhelming to see. And the things that y'all have brought out tonight, Wow, just wow. Thank the I thank the Lord for him. Brother Jerry, closing thoughts. That yeah, I think I'll just say wow. <laughs> I'm glad you're doing it now, not me. And, and, I mean, I'll even repeat it backwards. Okay. Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um verse 15 says, and when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and reproach her not. And now this was after all of the wonderful things that we've talked about for an hour have taken place. And her industry drove her, her faithfulness as a, a laborer in the vineyard drove her back to doing what she came for to begin with. I think mm-hmm. that's an important point. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a faithful laborer. She was, she, she moved by faith. And I think she learned some things throughout the exchange with Boaz uh, about her faith. Um, and I certainly think as we continue to go through the book of Ruth, we find yep. her yep. learning more and to go all the way back to when we first started this study, that we would work hard to see things through the eyes of Ruth. I think it's a really important, really yeah. important point, right? Yep. So we need to do that. Um, so then in verse 16, let some handfuls of purpose um let and let fall also some handfuls of purpose for her and leave them that she may glean them and, and rebuke her not. Uh, if you, if you follow handfuls of purpose, obviously it speaks of something being done purposefully, but also being done quietly and with prejudice. They were to drop the very best. Mm. They, they weren't to just haphazardly, and I'll tell you, the Lord doesn't do anything haphazardly. No, amen. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, if if we're in our right mind, truly in our right mind, and we observe the blessings of the Lord, we have to acknowledge they are the absolute very best. The very best. Amen. As a direct result of that, he is deserving of our very 
best. And I'm thankful we serve a personal savior and a personal Great, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He knows what my very best is. Mm. And my very best may not measure up with either one of you guys. Mm. But I'm not responsible. I'm not responsible yep. to put forth your very best. Right. right, right. I can only put forth my very best. Mm. And he's deserving mm. of, of that very thing. So then in verse 17, and this is my closing thought. Uh, so she gleaned in the field until even and beat out that that she had gleaned. And it was about an epheth of barley. Um, the work doesn't stop with the gleaning. Oh, good point. Sometimes the hardest work comes after the gleaning. Brother Mike, she beat out five gallons mm -hmm. of grain. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. Yep. She'd worked for the day. She'd worked for the day. Mm -hmm. When we glean, a lot of times, I, I when I glean, and I have to acknowledge I've been blessed to glean, but I don't beat out mm. the grain. That's a good point. Wonderful. Oh, uh, you know the what does the Lord say that? You know, the harvest is is white. <laughs> Pray that the Lord send laborers into the field. That's not just talking about the ministry, folks. Right. That's all of us. Yeah. We all have our labor. And sometimes the labor that we have set in front of us most readily is that we would beat out that which we have gleaned so that we'd be doers of God's word and not hearers only. Mm. Amen. Mm. Amen. Yeah. Excellent. Wow. That was a that was worth the price of admission right there. I agree with that. Well, uh we we're gonna say we finished this part of Ruth. I think we So Tim Tim sent sent a text of his closing thoughts. They're brief. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're brief. Read it. Read it. Verse 17, one of my favorite verses, so she gleaned. What a place to stop. So she gleaned. So she gleaned. I'm glad you brought up the last part in that 17 verse that she gleaned and then she beat out that yeah. she gleaned. Yeah. I like that. That's really good. That was a lot of great. I, I wonder how much, how many days that would tide them over. Yeah, uh, with the grain that she had, <clears throat> and uh, we don't know that she went any other days. Maybe she got some more grain. I'm gonna close. My closing thoughts come from Brother Mark's verse twelve. <laughs> it is a great. It is a great. It's a great, it's a great message. I mean, it really is. And I know in verse eleven, Boaz is saying, "Here, I heard what you did. You did this, and mm -hmm. you did this, mm -hmm. and you did this. You did this to your mother-in-law." Mm -hmm. And I thought about what the Lord said in Matthew 25, 31 on down when he said, inasmuch as you've done it, un done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've yeah. done it unto me. That's good. And, and Boaz is kind of talking like that. You did this to my near kinsman. Mm -hmm. And I take that personally. That, that means a lot to me. Mm -hmm. And because of that, 
My my great prayer for you is that the Lord recompense you, recompense thy work. All these things, may he pay you back. (laughs) And you know how the Lord pays back. He always pays back. (laughs) Yeah. Abundantly above. (laughs) Yeah. And a full reward given thee of the God, Lord God of Israel. And here's my favorite expression Mm. under whose wings thou art come to trust. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We could say, well, what does he, what does he really mean by that? Mm. Well, you go under the wings, Mm. like the chicks, you go under her wings. You're, you're going for safety. You're going for protection. Yep. You're going to know where to, you're going to the person who will take care of you. Yep. And you trust, you trust her implicitly. That's right. Chicks do that hand. Well, here's, Here's Naomi. I know she was taught a few things about the Lord God of Israel by Naomi, but it's one thing to be taught. It's another thing to put it into practice, isn't it? Amen. That's right. And now she's put it into practice. Yeah. She stepped. That's why I say she stepped out on faith. She says, I believe in this Lord yeah. God of Israel. I believe that I'm under his wings. I, I trust in him to take care of me. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know when or where I just know he's going to take care of me. And he did. And so I would say to anybody out there listening, faced with a difficulty, faced with a tremendous need for whatever it may be, take a, take a lesson from Luke, from Ruth. Who do you trust? Mm. (laughs) Whose wings are you under? Wow. Yeah. And if you if you're under the wings of the Lord God of Israel and your trust is in him, hmm. then you can step out on that faith. And I'm not telling you how quickly it's going to happen, but I can promise you God will never leave you lacking. That's right. Amen. It may seem impossible to happen. He makes the po- makes the impossible possible. He makes yeah. the possible doable. He makes the doable done. Amen. Wow. <laughs> and that's what we learned from Ruth. And if we're honest, we've learned that in our own lives. Yes, yep. we have. Yep. To varying right. degrees. Haven't we, brother? Yes, sir. Amen. Well, we'll meet y'all again, I suppose, won't we? Lord next, willing. Lord willing, next Wednesday. Tonight is an icy cold night here in Texas. Yeah. We got about an inch or two of ice. and uh, But yet here we are in our nice rooms. Yeah, I'm sorry for Tim. And also, on a very serious note, our hearts go out to the uh, to the family of Elder Bernard Goins, who passed on to be with the Lord a few days ago. What a wonderful, godly, humble, and fruitful servant of the Lord he he was. His 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 reach uh, will will last for many decades among those of us who were privileged to know him and hear him preach. Not only how he preached, not only what he preached, but how he preached, his personality, yeah. his out, his outlook, his way of being. He was so humble and so kind. Yeah. And yet yes, he sir. was so he had such a mind and a heart to serve the Lord. Yes, yeah. he did. And uh, uh, we pray for that family and we pray for all those who are in like circumstance. And so we are going to go to the Lord and pray. Brother Jerry, would you lead us in a word of closing prayer? Uh, indeed. Righteous and merciful Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank Thee from the bottom of our heart for Thy felt presence around about us as we 
look into thy word this evening, Lord, such richness thou hast blessed us with. And Father, we we trust that we will, as we glean from, from thy word, Lord, that we would truly uh, beat out that which we have gleaned, that we would take the lessons contained even just in this very short time tonight, and that it would strengthen our faith and strengthen our courage. And Lord, that we would truly walk worthy before thee. Thou art worthy of the very best that we might bring before thee. We understand, Lord, that thou needest nothing from us. But we love thee and we pray that you would just continue to look down upon us in love and in mercy. Lead us, guide us by your spirit. Father, we be not remiss but to pray for the Goins family. And we just mm. thank you, Lord, for the great gift that we that knew Elder Bernard had in our lives while we live here. What a wonderful, wonderful man and a great servant unto thee, Lord. We're so thankful for his triumphant entrance into the like, glory. Mm-hmm. We're thankful, Lord, for that that he preached while he was here. And we just pray, Father, that you would take that dear sweet family and that you would draw them all to a nearness unto thee and they would have assurance of salvation and great strength and faith mm. and in hope. Father, forgive us of our sins and overlook our imperfections, we confess. They are many. These favors and blessings we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 So next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central, OBW Talks will continue our series on Ruth. Say goodnight to the dear people. Good night, everybody.